Lister. Welcome back to another episode of A Real Page Turner with Bara Maros and Donnie Granza. Hi, Donnie. Hello, Mara. Good to be back for another yes. episode. So we kind of have a heavy one today. We are talking about the movie and book Women Talking by Miriam Toes, which I think I'm saying her name right, which was published in 2018. And, you know, there's some heavy hitters in the beginning of the book giving it amazing praise like, oh my gosh, New York Journal of Books, Bustle, Time, the Boston Globe, and Lit Hub. So there's a lot of people who really have given this book a, a lot of praise. And, you know, it's it's a, it's an interesting read. So tell us a little bit about the movie. Yeah, yeah. so that the, uh, the book was adapted into a film that came out last year. It was written and directed by Sarah Polly, and it features an ensemble cast that includes uh, Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Francis McDormand. The movie uh, was highly praised as one of the best films of the year. I wound up earning uh, two Oscar nominations. Uh, one was for Best Picture, and the other was for Best Adapted Screenplay, which it won in that category. Not the easiest uh, uh, subject matter. It's, um, you know, a trigger warning. This says we do deal with subject matter, including like, sexual abuse and that. So. Physical violence. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so this is for the story follows women in a Mennonite community in South America, right? It was South America that are being sexually abused and raped during the middle of the night by being sprayed with belladonna to make them unconscious by men in the community. And it comes, oh, it was in Bolivia. And the head of the, one of the women who are being abused, you know, attacks a man and the men are put into prison and the women have to determine what to do next. So are they going to, leave the colony, stay in the colony and forgive the men? And how do they come to that decision in consensus? Is that an accurate statement, Donnie? Yes, I would say so. Um, yeah, it's very, um, the title very much describes the film. It's, there's a lot of talking in this film and book with uh, the women uh, characters uh, talking and it may sound kind of boring, uh, a bunch of women just sitting around uh, talking, but I, I did find it very intriguing. Um, yeah. It's a very important discussion. Uh, really- there's one one man, August, who's been excommunicated and comes back and he is taking the notes, which is how we get this information, because the women cannot read and in essence don't write. They write in symbols. So they have symbols for leaving, staying and fighting, but they need a scribe to take their notes. And that is August, who is a teacher and um, has returned to the community after being after his family was excommunicated, which we later learn for different reasons than what he told the women. You know, so his family was a little bit more progressive, but he takes these notes, and that's how we kind of get the story in the book. And the book is told from his perspective and his notes of the women talking. And yeah. the movie is a little bit different. Yeah, yes, that's one of the major differences. That you know, it is not told from his uh, perspective, uh, which I did think was the right call. If you could kind of look at the optics of it, that. Uh, here's a woman, you know, the a film about women and how they have been treated. And think if you told it from the perspective of the man, that even though this, you know, male character is, you know, a very good person and very much an ally to these women, I just don't think it would have um, had the right impact. 
on it. So I think that was a good choice by the filmmakers too. Yeah, I agree. And I really did like this movie. And I, I, this will probably be one of the few times I said (laughs) that I liked the movie better than the book (laughs) because I found it easier to follow. You know, there's a lot of kind of characters in the book, not a ton, but you know, it's sometimes a little bit easier to follow when you see them speaking rather than reading it sometimes for me. And in the way this book was formatted and, you know, kind of in the notes, there's not a lot of quotations that allow you to see when someone is speaking, you know, it's more of August saying, okay, now Ona Ona says this, or, you know, so there's not a lot of quotations, which for me made it a little bit difficult to follow. And maybe I should have been focusing a little bit better with reading, but the movie for me was a little bit easier to follow um, in that aspect when you see them speaking um, and understand, you know, the dynamics of the book are very well, you know, you know, who's kind of allied and who's seen as being difficult or bossy or confused, you know, you get that in the, in the book for sure. Um, but the movie kind of just does a, a good job of, um, you know, showing you a little bit more and bringing these women to life. Cause there's a bit, there's a distance in the book, right? Like you're not getting real, real close to them because you're at August's, August's point of view. So there is a distance. Like I do feel like the book is very, you know, it's truly a third person. You're only getting that perspective. You're not getting any internal thoughts. There's not a ton of backstory. You get a little bit of it, but I thought they took a topic that's very, very difficult. And they didn't, I don't know, I, I almost sensationalize it because they could have been done with a lot of flashback and seeing the brutality that these women endured. And there's not a ton of that in either of them. They're kind of matter of fact in the book about being raped and their children being abused, then kind of putting a, a lot of emotion around it. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. One thing I found interesting is, yeah, they don't really show that much. And I wonder if that's kind of a st- statement, that commentary on the fact that these things happen in the shadows don't really happen right out in front and i know it is a major problem especially in like religious uh communities like this that they you know there is kind of rampant uh sexual abuse throughout throughout these communities and and a lot of times you know women are not believed when they come forward so maybe to kind of develop like a trust the audience that yes this is ha- you know this is happening to them uh this is happening to them you know what's but interesting is really that show much in the, this book and this and you know especially in the book and i don't recall necessarily from the movie if this holds true but they never questioned believing each other right like they knew what was happening they believed each other when it was said there yeah. wasn't anybody who said i don't think this is happening amongst the women you know i think the one sure. the, the debate the way they had was were all men guilty right so like the men in jail were they of guilt? Were they all guilty of these transgressions and these rapes? You know, and I, they ended up on if they weren't doing it, they knew it was happening. It didn't stop it. So in essence, yes, they're guilty. But that was really the only discussion they had around, you know, the guilt and the 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 actions. But they didn't never they never disbelieved each other. You know, so it was that was you know kind of interesting that they nobody ever said oh that didn't happen. Um, you know, there were some women who they called like the do nothing women, were the women who didn't want to be involved in these discussions and were going to do nothing and stay, which I thought was funny. Like they called them like the do nothing women, you know? So, you know, you kind of got that these women were the ones who wanted to take action and, you know, kind of, revolt, which was funny because that was a word in the book they really focused on. Was this revolutionary or not? They didn't want to be considered revolutionists because that equaled war, which was against their religion. So I thought it was interesting for in the book is I think you get it a little bit more. I don't remember necessarily the movie, but for women who couldn't read, they focused a lot on using the right words, right? Like they wanted their intentions to be clear. They didn't want to be considered revolutionists. They didn't want to be considered fleeing because fleeing meant you were, you know, kind of 
fleeing from like a fire. Like they wanted it to be clear they were leaving. And I thought that was really an interesting kind of point in the book that they were so focused on using the right language, but neither, none of them could really read or write, but they obviously were very, they wanted to be clear on what their intentions were and leaving. Yes, very true. But this is a, I think it is an important book and film and uh, uh, for the uh, Me Too era. And I do think it's, and it reminds me of this uh, one thing I saw online. I remember when, you know, a few years ago, when allegations start coming out of these, you know, powerful men who were doing these heinous acts and, you know, your Harvey Weinstein's, Kevin Spacey, Bill Cosby, all, all those horrible people. Uh, they And it really stuck with me because I saw this thing online that they said, yeah, we're hearing all these stories about these, you know, powerful men in Hollywood. And, but imagine it just doesn't go on in Hollywood. You know, this is happening at the, the manager at the restaurant or the boss or the um, co-workers. And these, you know, don't get me wrong, like, you know, the actresses that were getting abused is terrible. But think about these, you know, women in like minimum wage jobs or some middle class or lower class type jobs really don't have much of a voice there. And that kind of um, reminded, uh, I was kind of reminded of of that with this film, that these women in this community really uh, do not have much of uh, a voice (laughs) as they're uh, kind of under the shadow of uh, the men. Yeah. I And I'm like, was trying to figure out like what happened to these women after, you know, because you wonder like, were they successful in leaving? Because, you know, I, yeah. the book says some of this is fiction. Some of it's, you know, it's a little bit fictionalized, um, but it's based off a true story. You know, it's based off this true story. And I don't know how much has like actually changed, like where they went, you know, there's still the same problems, um, but it yeah. never really tells us where they ended up. I don't know. For me, I, for me, a person who likes closure, like that's important. <laughs> Some yeah. people just take the story at face value and say, okay, this is the story. And, you know, but you wonder they went through so much, like, did it effectively change their outcome? And no, yeah. I don't know that it did. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it was, um, I feel like they were trying to give a sense of hope mm-hmm. out there. Uh, but you do think about it. Yeah. What would happen to them? Where are they going to go? And yeah. They're kind of uh, poorly educated and uh, they've, Will probably likely struggle to find employment or or what what they can do. And I didn't get the sense it's, they were trying to find employment. They were just trying to start a new colony somewhere. But it was interesting, like you said, they were uneducated. Like they couldn't read a map. So like August made them a legend because they were very good with pictures. But they honestly, when you read the book and saw the movie, they had no idea where they were in the world, right? Like they knew they were yeah. on a Mennonite community, but they didn't know where they were in relationship to the rest of the world, which kind of, you know, I thought gave you really good in in insight into how isolated they were. You know, you kind of knew where you were, your speck of your community was, but that was it. But I did see there was, you know, I know there were some minor differences between the book and the movie, but the one difference that I saw was, you know, really at the end of the book that they didn't show in the movie was the two young girls, Nietzsche and I think her name was Anche. And I don't know if I'm saying those right. But then when they went to secure the horses, they went to the Coop brothers who are in an adjacent community and got them to hide the horses so that Kloss, the one woman's 
husband wouldn't sell them for bail for the men and hid them, but they ended up kind of exchanging sex for having the horses hidden. And their mothers were kind of, you know, outraged and how could you do this? And, you know, no one will marry you because you're not a virgin. And they interrupted them and said like they were, you know, kind of not virgins because they had been violated and raped. And the girls kind of just used what was their, their disposal to further the mission of leaving. But they don't show that in the movie. You know, they don't, they don't show that scene of those girls um, doing that. I think the girls, you know, seem a little bit, I don't know, younger or more innocent in the in the um, movie, which is fine. It's just good. But that was one thing I noticed was different. And then at the end, when the girls seduce the Coop brothers to the hayloft and then spray them with the same belladonna spray that they had been sprayed with to knock them unconscious because they thought that the Coop brothers knew their plan and was going to tell the men and then they wouldn't be able to leave. Um, but that kind of whole storyline is I don't remember seeing in the movie. I don't think that happened in the movie, right? No, it's one of those things that they probably uh, felt they had to make cuts somewhere. And I mean, it wasn't yeah. entirely necessary there. So. I guess. I mean, I thought it showed their commitment to wanting to leave, right? Like these girls knew this was dangerous, yet they were kind of willing to do, use their bodies in exchange for, you know, furthering the mission of getting them out of there. You know, and it was a little bit, I could see why you wouldn't want to show that in a movie. You probably don't want to show these girls in essence, you know, exchanging sex for favors. Um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But I thought that was, you know, kind of poignant in the book that these girls you know, did that of their own volition. And they kind of, I guess, in essence, took a little bit of power back and used it for their favor. But I thought that was an interesting kind of subplot that was in there. There's an interesting uh, thing I came upon when I was reading about the the film is that um, it's really kind of vague in the, in the film, it's really kind of vague how what time period it takes place in there because there's um there's the one scene where there's the census taker going through like trying to take a census but obviously that happens every 10 years so it could have been at any time and they play the song the song uh from the 60s by the monkey staging believer which uh is a song that i love so i kind of love so even though it seemed a little weird, I, I love that song, so I'll forgive it. But again, I think it was kind of purposely done because those in those communities, they're kind of frozen in time. And you mentioned how like the women really didn't know like where they were, where they were in this world, and that that this could have this could have taken place at any time, at any time ever. So yeah, I, I think the book gives you a little bit more inkling because at the end of the book, they're talking about somebody having a phone. And the elder Peters, who's kind of the leader, they know has a phone. And they say, though, so initially I was thinking, do they mean like a landline, like a wall phone? But then they said he has to go to the top of the mountain to get a signal. So it and they say that Peters was playing games on his phone while the other person was working. So yeah. it gives you a little bit more insight that it's, you know, it's least in the time of cell phones, which I think this was like early 2000s, maybe when this happened. But that in the book, it gives you a little bit more inkling in time because they they do mention the use of cell phones. Yeah, yes. But I think like that was kind of, you know, pur- purposely done to kind of show that they 
are kind of frozen in time mm-hmm. uh, there because you know in the community like among the women they don't have access to anything of this sort no they don't they don't know so mm-hmm. this could have been in the you know early 1900s or so um, you know, the, the census scene like with a car driving through is the only <laughs> indication that this doesn't take place in the 1860s yeah I love Frances McDormand and she's not in it a ton you know she's in a little bit but I feel like they um, you know she's like the she's like star power especially you know she's been in a lot of award award-winning films yeah but I really you know Rooney Mara is great Claire Foy I think they're all you know super strong and um, I thought the cast was really well done yeah yeah so uh, definitely a great cast yeah uh, Frances McDormand was actually an executive producer on the film as well oh. um, and I was surprised I was surprised that it didn't get uh, more notices for the cast because like I mentioned it just it was nominated for best picture and it's screenplay that I thought maybe like at least one or two of the women might earn like um, a nomination but didn't come to fruition they were all they were all you know really strong it's interesting that this is a very intriguing film that that really not much happens it is a lot it's a dialogue heavy film so I'm not surprised it it won the Oscar for its screenplay yeah uh, but there's a lot of talking but but I found it uh, pretty engrossing and interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I really liked it. I mean, it's a heavy movie, you know, not an easy movie um, by any stretch of the imagination, but it was, you know, obviously very well done. And, you know, the book is good too. It's, you know, I would classify it as not a beach read. Um, no. <laughs> if I had, you know, it's, but you know, I think if you're looking for a story about, you know, people and, you know, a, a little bit of a harder topic, then that is for sure the movie. You know, it's a good book and movie for that. Yeah. So, Jeff, uh, any other uh, parting thoughts? I'm trying to think. No, I don't think so. No, I mean, I liked, I definitely for me, I like the movie a little bit better because I needed the visualization, but I didn't, I, I mean, I did like the book and I could see why you would want to make this into a film because I think you reach a broader audience, right? Like, I don't think this is a book that um, one I knew existed without the movie. You know, I, I don't think I, I knew it existed to be honest. And, and so I think that that this movie in, in this aspect brought a little bit of, you know, attention to a book that is very well done because I don't, I didn't really hear of it before the movie. And without kind of that Oscar buzz, I don't know that I would have uh, picked it up otherwise. Yeah, very true. Yes. Unfortunately, you know, but um, I, so in this case, I think the movie did a lot of good for the book instead of sometimes it's, you know, vice versa. Someone reads a book and they love it and then they want, you know, it's it, everybody is anticipating the film. But I feel like it was a little bit of a reverse for this one. I don't know. I'd like to hear what our listeners have to yeah. say about that. Did they know about the book before the movie or vice versa? Or did you know about either of them? <laughs> right, right. Completely. Yeah. But that, that that's my only parting thought. Yeah, sounds good. I agree. Great. Well, listener, thanks for joining us. Us today we'd love to know if you've seen the book seen the movie and um you know which did you do first so until next time keep reading and keep watching <laughs>